the title of today's topic of discussion is dress it and keep it. Dress it and keep it. Amen. So I hope everyone will think of things they can dress and keep. Amen. So dress it and keep it. The scripture is based in the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis chapter number two from verse 15. Are we able to project? If not, I'll bring up my scriptures. Genesis number two from verse 15. And the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. Amen. The Lord God put man in the garden to dress it and to keep it. Amen. So what does it mean to dress it? To dress it means to cultivate it. It means to work it. To take care of it. And to farm it. So when you farm, you plant a seed. And to serve it. Amen. What does it mean to keep it? Once you've cultivated it, it means you guard it. Once you've planted something in the garden, you guard it. You take care of it. And you maintain it. And you watch over it. And you look after it. So God gave each and every one institutions. Everyone here is in an institution of some kind. Either you are a child, you are an adult, you are single, you are married. You are in a form of an institution. So you might be, some have been married before, some are yet to marry, Everyone is in a garden. Whatever situation, I don't know what situation each and everyone is, but you have a garden. Children have their own garden to tend at this age. Adults have a garden to tend. Married couples have a garden to tend. Single people, you have singleness to tend and to keep. So God is asking us tonight to dress that garden and keep it. Dress it, some are temporary dressing and keeping. If you desire to marry, being single will be temporarily to dress that institution and keep it. If you are married, you know what that means. You dress it, you keep it. If you are a child, you dress it and you keep it, being a child. Amen. Every garden the Lord places you in, the Lord expects you to do these two things. Dress it and keep it. It's no point looking elsewhere to start all over and dress somebody's garden and keep it. If you had two gardens to dress and keep, how are you going to manage if you can't keep one garden and, and dress it and keep it? That is why the, the world says the grass is greener on the other side. The, the grass is always greener on the other side. The house is always bigger next door, the next door neighbor has a bigger house, the next door neighbor has a bigger bathroom, the next door neighbor has bigger parking space than you. It always looks like next door is, is happening. It always looks like, oh, somebody is driving a better car, a newer car, you know, somebody at school is doing better than me. But you have your own garden to dress it and to keep it. 
you can turn your garden from being dry, uncared for, withering, you know, unkept, and decide just by a change of a mindset to dress it and to keep it. So every single one of us here has that, you know, thing to do in your life. Dress your singleness. Being single is the most amazing time. Yet people look at married couples and said, oh, if only I was married. If only I was slimmer. If only I was a little bit taller. If I can give you the, the things that I can wish I could be, it could be a list. But I've decided to dress my garden and keep it. Because if you go out, you can find a better husband. You can find a better wife. Who's saying, oh yeah. <laughs> Amen. You can find, there's, it, it looks like there's always better. You can see somebody, a man who's wealthy and think, oh, my husband is really, you know, maybe let me go for a wealthy man and, and try and, and tend that garden instead of keeping your own. Do you know how he got that money? Do you know how he got that car? Do you know how long he's been keeping his garden for or her garden for? Sometimes it looks like everyone is, everything is happening out there for somebody but not you. Have you looked in your garden? What am I doing to enjoy this stage of my life? What am I doing to be a better child? Listen to my parents. When they tell me things, children, listen, obey them. When they call you, they have, don't have to call you twice. Otherwise, they call another person and say, please run there, and they run quicker than you. So, Every time you are given an opportunity, it's your opportunity to excel. I don't know what needs to change in our lives today. It could be money issues. You always think some people are just making it in life. How are they doing it? But do you know how much sleep they have? Do you know how much they sacrifice? It all starts somewhere. Amen? It all starts somewhere. So in life, we all get given opportunities. Those opportunities may not be equal. You might be thinking, oh, why don't I have a relationship like pastor has? It always looks like, you know, it's always lovely, you know. We are working on it, tilling it every day, conscious of what we do so that we don't fall into familiarity. Familiarity is the worst killer of any relationship. If children are familiar with their parents, their parents can call them a hundred times, they'll sit and say, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to mind my mom. Forget her. Familiarity will rob us of a blessing. If you are a married woman and you obey your pastor more than you show reverence to your husband, then familiarity has set in. If your pastor calls you and you say, oh, pastor has called, pastor has called, let me call him back. When your husband calls, you think, oh. I call him an hour later. What does he want now? What does he want? What does he want? He, he told me this in the morning. So what does he have to say again? 
familiarity has set in. So we need to be very conscious of what we do in our marriages. Our marriages are a result of what we put in. So I'm going to just do four C's of marriages quickly and then we'll come back. It will intermingle with the singles. So four things that starts with a C that you need to remember in your marriage. You need to cherish one another. Cherish one another. You are a God's gift to each other. Take time to express your love for one another. Same for children. We shouldn't assume that our parents are there for us. Just one day say, mommy, daddy, I'm so grateful you are my mom. I really appreciate you. Daddy, you are my mom. I'm so grateful. So if we raise a generation who cherish their parents, you will see what will become of their marriages. Take time to be kind, to be thoughtful. Take time to show affection to one another, cherish one another. If you are a single person, take time to nurture your relationships, your friendships. Who is it in your life who is a taker in your, in your relationship, in your marriage? Are you spending more time with people who rob you of your peace? Or are you spending time with people who add to your tranquility? Let them know they are important to you. When was the last time you told your husband, you know what? You're very important to me. I'm so glad God connected us together. I'm so excited about the future we have together. When was the last time you showed him that you appreciate him? Thank you for working so hard. Some, some, at this point in our lives, some marriages, it's the wives who work more. Some, it's the husbands who work more. So let's show appreciation. Thank you for working so hard to make sure we have a roof over our head. Doesn't matter whether you're a husband or wife, where the money comes from, as long as when we pull our resources together, it doesn't have your DNA or her DNA. The problem we make with money is our monies have individual DNAs. We say we are one, but our monies are not one. Our monies are separate. This is what brings confusion. So the number one C, cherish your relationship. Cherish your friendships. Cherish them. Don't be a friend who always phones when you need something. And people won't pick up your calls if you are that kind of a friend. I need a favor. I need a favor. Can you do this for me? I need a favor. Can you look after my children? I need a favor. Can you do this for me? People will run after you. Run away from you. Amen? Amen. The second C is communicate. Communicate. Communication is the lifeline of any relationship. Last week, one of our daughters came from school, her best, best friend. And, you know, when they parted, they, they were going, you know, out of school. My husband said, oh, you didn't say bye-bye to your friend, Ella. And, you know, it's, it starts everywhere. He said, oh, no, 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 it's okay. Let, let's go, let's go, let's go. So, you know, I had to find her. Your best friend, you're not talking to her. You didn't have to say bye-bye, you know. So I had to dig. Obviously, there was a communication problem. Another friend has come in into the picture. So it's creating a lot of confusion. So communication can be a problem even with young children, with friends in Sunday school. 
if they don't communicate well one will say oh you know your dress is like this oh one will say oh no it's not like that you know you, you know where i got it from and then just from misunderstanding do you take time to communicate in your relationships not just about surface value things but communicate where are you with your communication when was the last time you sat down and talked not about somebody not about the chores because communication can take form in three ways you can have an informal conversation or you can have an administrative meeting with your spouse an informal conversation goes like oh how was work oh it was great oh i had this patient who made me laugh or who did this and you know and I laugh about it that's it that's informal things that happen i was i was at the traffic light this happened and i had to swerve this way i have to do this you know but i'm here thank god i'm here informal conversation administrative duties that we do with our husbands and our wives you'll say oh i've paid this bill oh i've done this today oh i i went there to do that errand in the bank i went there to do this i went there to do this it's okay it's still communication but it's just a meeting you are having with your spouse administrative things that run the how have you done the shopping have you done this have you done this that's fine it's communicating but then we are looking for the third level where you speak about challenges that you are going through where you are open enough to discuss about the things that really really touch the core of your being some husbands are sick they can't tell their husband their wives they can feel that oh you know i'm not well i'm not well but they can't discuss it they are scared they'll be judged they are scared they'll be put in a in a box you know if they can't have vitamin c for whatever reason and you know adults what i mean if vitamin c is not happening it's a challenge you have to discuss it why is it not happening why is it not happening is it a medical issue is it cause communication you take it from outside it goes into your lounge in the kitchen and it goes to bed with you and if you have series of non communication it builds up a story is told of a wife who was not happy with the husband and he decided to give him a silent treatment do you know about those ladies Do you know silent treatment where you just don't talk, you don't say anything? Cold shoulder, nothing. You don't say a word, you don't react, you don't you are just the same. After 12 days the husband, wow. We really are having a good time this time, right? So the husband didn't see anything wrong that the husband is being punished. He thought, wow, his wife is tame. His wife is just being so good. The wife is not moaning, the wife is not complaining because when there's complaints, complaints, moaning, it drives everyone away from you. Moaning is repulsive. If you moan about everything, no one wants to come close to you. One thing that hasn't happened, you are moaning. One thing he hasn't done, you are moaning. You are complaining. Why haven't you done this? I've asked you to do this. I've asked you to do this. Why didn't you do it? I told you this would be done by 4. If he hasn't done it by 4, there's nothing that's going to change. 4 has gone and passed. So our reaction towards it, you know, you can determine how you want to 
run your marriage. You know, if you are faced with life-threatening challenges, you are scared. You are fearful. And you can't even voice that out. You, you rather pick up a phone and phone another lady somewhere and tell them that, oh, I'm scared. I've got this and this. Have you told your husband? No, I haven't told my husband. Then obviously there's a communication problem. The Bible says two problems that we share are halved. Once you share something with your spouse, the problem is halved. Amen? Let's share. Let's communicate. Not on a shallow surface. Let's go deep. You've been diagnosed with an illness. How do you break that down? Who are you going to tell first? Your spouse should be the next person. And also in that line of communication, let us be careful not to be judgmental. Because people don't communicate because they are already being judged. If I come to you and I want to communicate about something that is really deep in my heart, and I say, oh, I have a problem with this. Oh, no wonder you are behaving like this. You know, no wonder you are behaving like this. All this while I've been asking why, why, why. But the person has really, it's taken time to come to you to say, I'm going through this. It's not the time to crush the person because they've really had to swallow a bitter pill to come before you to say this. Let us be quick to say, I am sorry. Sometimes saying sorry might, might not mean you are in the wrong. But it just means you want to solve this sooner rather than later. Don't put things under the carpet. Because one day, one day, the wind is going to blow that carpet. And it will be hellfire coming out of your mouth. I don't know whether from your heart, from your mind, from your mouth, everywhere, from your skin. It will be just spilling out, spilling out. Spilling out, spilling out, spilling out. If we don't talk about it, it's there. You sleep with it. It's been proven that high blood pressure sometimes is caused by things we don't discuss, we don't talk about. Because when you lie down, your heart is, is going racing, thinking in your sleep. It's not just the only cause of, of blood pressure, but it can cause stress. People don't sleep. You wake up, you're breaking out with sweat because you haven't discussed the thing you need to discuss. Money issues. Do you sit down and discuss where you want to go money-wise? If you're single, it's fine. What do you have coming? How do you spend your money? If you're given pocket money, what do you do? You buy sweets with your pocket money? Okay. Well-taught children. You just don't think about sweets all the time. You are single. Think about your future. Do you know Solution Chapel has been now here 10 years? And can you imagine 10 years? If you don't have a financial vision, you don't know where you are going financially, it's not going to help us plan well, isn't it? So communication is key. It is the brick and the mortar of any relationship. Track back any confusion you have in your marriage or your relationships. It goes back to communication. Amen. I'll soon be taking questions. And Compromise. 
number three. The greatest enemy of love is selfishness. Marriages, they dissolve because of selfishness. You enter into a marriage and you expect your husband or your, your, your wife to be inferior or under you or submit to you and, and, and she doesn't have a say in the marriage. You cannot always have your way in a marriage. Amen? It's two people coming together, not one person. You are merging to become one. Two, you come from different backgrounds. When I grew up, I handled money differently. When my husband grew up, he handled money differently. When we come together, we have to reach what? A compromise. In most of the things, it has to be compromise. Vitamin C today, vitamin C not today. Headache today, headache tomorrow. <laughs> Oh dear. Love does not demand its own way. Don't throw a tantrum because you can't have your way. You cannot throw a tantrum because you cannot have your own way. Let's reach a compromise. Let's reach a compromise. Let's sit down and reach an agreeable compromise. Amen. Lastly, C is for Christ. In every relationship, Christ should be the center of that relationship. In friendships, choosing friends, children, choose friends who know they have to go to church on Sunday or bring them to church. Invite them to come to church. Otherwise, it's quick, quicker or later they will pull you out of church and say, oh, you mustn't go to church. So invite your friends to church. Christ should be the center of every single life's person. Christ should be the center of every marriage. Imagine if Christ was in your dinner table tonight when you talk to your husband. Just for one day, imagine him following you around when you talk to him or when you talk to her. Following you around when you do your shopping. Following you around when you are in the car. He's sitting at the back seat of your car. When you go to your bedroom, he is sitting on a chair there. Well, imagination. Would we say the things that we say sometimes? Would we do the things that pleases us only? The Bible says to husbands, to wives, wives submit yourself to your own husband as you do to the Lord. Most of us submit to God. When God tells us off, we are sorry, Lord, I'm so sorry, I've sinned against you. I'm so sorry. We are quick to repent. Submit to your wives as you do to the Lord, to your husbands. Are we submitting to our husband as we do to the Lord? Are we quick to say I'm sorry? Because our husbands in our lives represent Christ. It, our husbands take the form of Christ. And listen to what God says to the husbands. Husband, love your wives as Christ 
Jesus loved the church and gave himself for her. So husbands, you need to give your life for your wives. It's not for us to step on you, but sacrifice. Put your life down for your wife. Make sure things work out. Work out your relationship. If you've once loved each other, if you've once said, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And today you can stand, I don't love him anymore. Was the love real or was it just a temporary thing? Elizabeth says fake. <laughs> it was fake love. Because love, you love despite the circumstances. You love despite the circumstances. You cannot say I don't love you because you hurt me so badly. You love your wife, you love your husband despite the circumstances. If you've once loved each other, you can make up. You can go back to your first love. The Bible says in Revelation, go back to your first love. Imagine your first date. You can even still date even today. Take your wife for a date. When was the last time you took each other out for a meal? Doesn't have to be an expensive meal. Just anywhere where the two of you can be there. I remember Valentine's Day, you know, I said to my husband, oh my God. The, the, in Asda, the way people are buying roses and chocolates, it is so artificial. It is just so artificial because everyone else is celebrating Valentine's Day. I have to buy a rose. I have to buy chocolate. It is all commercialized. Why don't you have your own Valentine's Day? Have owned the restaurant when there's no one in the restaurant. Be there, the two of you. Choose a day that it doesn't belong to anybody. And go out and celebrate your love and talk about the good old days, how you met, where your future is going, how you can make lives better, plan for your, plan for your children, put plans together, what can we do to achieve things together. But Valentine's Day, I mean, the roses were running out of, of the stores like, wow. It's just a commercial act. Some people will just dump the rose and say, oh, happy Valentine. And it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't come from the heart. So find your own Valentine's Day. You know, this world is so busy. Time is going so quick. Let's make it matter. There is no problem God cannot solve. There is no problem God cannot solve. He is still a miracle working God even today. He can turn that dry situation. You might be sleeping on half a bed at the moment. There is a big iceberg in between and another space there. What will it cost you to just get close and remove the iceberg? Just be the one who decides to change things tonight and talk and be nice and compromise. Lay yourself at the back and say, you know what? Let me humble myself. Let me destroy this bridge that is causing trouble in our life. Let me bridge the gap 
let me mend things. What made you together, come together before? There must be something that brought you together. Go back, reflect, talk, love, surprise each other. Don't be, you know, forget their birthdays. That's the worst. A colleague of mine said, my birthday is coming and I know my husband forgets my birthday every year. He forgets my birthday every year. I said, just put a note in the fridge. Today is my birthday. I'm sure he will open up the fridge on that day. You know, maybe he's forgetful. Maybe. Maybe he's forgetful. Just say, today is my birthday. Don't think the worst out of somebody before they prove themselves wrong. Just give them the benefit of doubt until proven otherwise. Praise God. I'm open for questions.